for three for the win. Yes! What's up, you knuckle draggers? Welcome to the Fail Day Podcast. And tonight, we gonna talk some wrestling. <laughs> uh, to be more specific, Halloween Havoc. Because, you know, it is Halloween season. In the thick of it, that the car- at the time of this recording, it is October 19th, Monday night. Just got done watching my cowboys get the shit spanked out of them wasn't a good time and uh not a lot of revisiting halloween havoc was a very good time either but we'll get more into that later because there's some weird shit that happened throughout the history of halloween havoc which a brand new halloween havoc is coming up on wednesday october 28th uh, on usa network nxt halloween havoc hosted by shotzi what the hell's her name shotzi blackheart yeah, and they're bringing back to spin the wheel, make the deal, which happened in a match or two during Halloween Havoc history, which I might talk about, I might not, I'm just going to kind of go through the pay-per-views and just kind of go, what the fuck? But before we get into that, of course we got some recent watches. Uh, so, first of all, thanks to anybody that attended the little live stream I did. Not even a podcast episode, nothing really even related to the podcast. It was just me, bored as fuck, announcing on the podcast Instagram, hey, you want to come chill? Let's just hang out, have some drinks. I'll talk to y'all, y'all can respond in the chat, whatever. It was fun, I mean, it was, there was a nice little nice little gathering. I didn't expect more than like two or three people, and, and I was in the double digits at one point, so... Uh, thanks to anybody who attended that, and if I repeat myself in this from from the live stream, sorry, but I kind of dug into the, the idea of what the, I had for this episode, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, with recent watches, uh, right off the bat, I want to talk about Scare Me, which I failed they approved on the on the Instagram at Fail Day Podcast. Yeah, this is a really good movie on Shudder. I highly, highly recommend it. Especially considering that it's only really just two people. There's like four characters all together, really. But there's just there's two main characters throughout the majority of the movie in one location, just telling stories. But the way they tell the stories is fantastic. The, because they're both writers. They're both novelists or whatever. And so they're telling each other to try to scare each other. You try to scare me, you know, you try to scare me, hence the title, Scare Me. And so they're telling stories, and during the storytelling, there's there's great audio editing, audio sound effects, just great editing, great performances by, like, Aya Cash, Josh Rubin, who also wrote and directed this movie. So big props to Josh Rubin. I'll look forward to anything else that he does, because he got me hooked with Scare Me. So it's on Shutter. Check it out. Like, for real. Like, you can just stop this now and go watch. No, I'm just kidding. Just keep listening. <laughs> oh, podcast humor. Okay, whatever. All right, next. Uh, 
I watched two of the four Blumhouse movies that came out on Amazon Prime. I haven't watched the other two yet because these first two were kind of stinkers. This kind of pisses me off. I'm tired of sticking up for you, Blumhouse. I'm tired of it. You have some gems, but damn it, your shitholes really stick out further than your gems. Whatever shitholes are and whatever these... Well, the shitholes don't really stick out. But anyways, I digress. Yeah, Black Box. That was like the main one I was looking forward to. It was the first one I watched. Because it had a very uh, Get Out vibe to it. And you can tell it's heavily influenced by Get Out. Especially with the twist. Um, But... It just didn't. It just didn't translate well on screen. I think it was one of those that um, looked good on paper, like it looked great on paper. But then when they put it on screen, I don't know if it was the directing or what, but it just kind of came out pretty fucking boring on the screen. It wasn't a great performance by the lead dude. I don't remember his name. It's been a couple weeks since I watched this. I've been sitting on these for a couple weeks now, which sorry for the the lack of uh, episodes. Just been busy. It's been spooky season. A lot of shit going on. A lot of shit coming up. So, thanks for sticking with me. But yeah, Black Box, I mean, even with, like, a creepy crawly shit that you see in the trailer, like, that that wasn't even creepy. And usually that fucking creeps me out every time. But, yeah. Um, I, it, it was disappointing. Another one is disappointing that I was looking forward to because of the cast... With uh, Sarsgaard, was it Peter Sarsgaard? Not to be confused with the Skarsgaard family, but Sarsgaard, great actor, been lots of shit. Uh, and Joey King, who is, I think, one of the, like the big actresses on the rise. She's been a childhood star, and she just keeps climbing. Uh, she was in the popular uh, series, well, not series, but the Kissing Booth one and two on Netflix. Uh, I haven't watched those, but. But I've seen her in other things. I can't really think off the top of my head right now. Uh, but yeah, she's just she's a she's a wonderful actress, and so I was like, okay, this could be good just because of the performances alone. Turns out, no, not really. Uh, Joey King was just like a lost puppy the whole time. Uh, the parents trying to protect their daughter, like by lying for her because she killed one of her friends supposedly. I'm just going to say supposedly and leave it at that because I don't want to spoil it for you even though I'm telling you you should probably avoid it because, I mean, it's a boring fucking movie. Plain and simple. There's, there's this, It's plain and simple. It's fucking boring. Don't fucking do it. I don't know why I'm getting angry. But just <laughs> believe me. Believe me when I tell you that you don't need to watch it, okay? All right. So, uh, after that, though, finally, a good one. A lot of people have been talking about it, and rightfully so, and it's going to be on my itinerary every year for Halloween, especially when I got the kiddo, and that is going to be Hubie Halloween, the new Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. It's it's Adam Sandler, which, you know, a lot of people, including myself, kind of agree that he's been more missed than hit here on the latter half of his career. I know Uncut Gems was kind of a resurrection and was more of a serious side that that played out great for him but like a lot of his comedic movies they've been uh, uh, you know um and then especially like a lot of us when we see the same people over and over in the same movies like we all bitch about rob zombie putting the same people in the same movies over and over and over 
Uh, Sandler has a history of doing that himself, but this it, it works this time. This time, I mean, you can tell that they just he just wanted to get with his buddies, make this Halloween flick that is overdosed with Halloween shit. I mean, it, it, there's no, there's never a scene that doesn't have some kind of Halloween relation in it, whether it be decorations behind them or them talking about Halloween costumes, candy, whatever. There's always Halloween. So yeah, I mean, just that alone makes me happy because I love being able to watch a movie that just screams Halloween season. But it's also funny. I mean, it's cute. It's it's PG thirteen, but. It's not too harsh. I mean, there's some adult humor, but I'm pretty sure to go over a lot of kids' heads. Uh, it's still very kid friendly. Yeah, so I definitely, I definitely recommend it. It's and it's got a great message at the end. You know, it's a great uh, anti-bullying kind type of campaign like message. So, yeah, definitely check out Hubie Halloween on Netflix. And then I kept it with the kid friendly shit. I went um, good old. Ernest Scared Stupid. That's always a fun one to watch. For like horror fans that are fans of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Because I mean they don't they don't show up till the end, but the his, the main trolls like troll babies when they're born, they just took the molds of some of the killer clowns from Killer Clowns from Outer Space and just like rendered them different colors, added some shit, stuff like that. But it's you can clearly tell it's it's the mold from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And that's just kind of fun to see. And, you know, a lot of us from my generation grew up on Ernest. And, like, Ernest goes to camp. Ernest uh, goes to jail. You know, that shit. Uh, this this one's easily my favorite one. Uh, and the, the, the troll's pretty creepy. But, I mean, watching it now as a 35-year-old adult, I mean, it, it, it's fun to watch with the kids. But by myself, I, you know... It's Ernest. So, there you go. Uh, then, though, the one I still love to watch by myself, and I'll never get too old for it, is good old Casper. That's a great fucking movie. Very impressive. Impressive for 1995. I got the uh, 25th anniversary uh, steelbook from Best Buy. I mean, what? I mean, you've all seen Casper. It's, it's, it's a classic, and it will forever be a classic. It's probably my top like ha- like kid-friendly Halloween film. Um, yes, and even beats out Hocus Pocus, which is next on my list. Good old Hocus Pocus. I did not know this was a story by Mick Garris and David Kirshner. David Kirshner, you know, heavily involved with the Child's Play franchise. And Mick Garris is, is just Mick Garris. Look him up. If I mean, if if you don't know, look him up. Okay. But yeah, I did not know this was a story by then too. Uh, Hocus Pocus. Which I recently saw on social media, uh, a, a reunion with the Hocus Pocus bitches. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they've definitely gotten older. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sarah Jessica Parker is not going to be as near as hot as she was in this movie and Hocus in the original Hocus Pocus. Goddamn! But this is like a one night reunion type of weird thing with Reese's Pieces. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going on, but it's not a movie. It's just some kind of reunion. But yeah, Hocus Pocus. It's a funny-ass movie. I went and watched that in the movie theater, actually, here locally. Uh, it was a show like that. So yeah. I mean, Hocus Pocus. I don't need to say much more than that. Uh, Adam's Family. Great. Love the... You know, the 90s movies. Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values. 
The new animated movie, like I've said, it stated before, is trash. Um, which they announced the sequel for it when I just specifically stated on the last episode. Hopefully they don't do a sequel. They're doing a fucking sequel, and it's coming out next October. Which, you know, I'm not surprised. There's probably going to be a lot of animated movies coming out while we wait for this COVID shit to fucking end someday before I die, you know? But, I mean, these Adam Sandler movies, because it's got the morbid humor that's probably just not PC enough to today's standards. I mean, there's even, like, limbs being cut off in blood. There's just a lot of death-related humor, which is a fucking hilarious. I mean, what's what's wrong with that? I mean, let, let the... Let, kids find humor and shit like that they're not gonna go out and actually kill anybody oh well they're going to either way whether they watch adam's family or not is is what i'm trying to say because some people are just fucked up and they grow up fucked up no matter what they fucking watch um, but yeah and then i did the entire child's play franchise the entire chucky franchise front to back in one sitting because i got a life you know what i'm saying uh, those, those are always a good time. I love them all. I even love Seed. Uh, that's my probably my least favorite one, and I, and I still enjoy it. It still gives me good laughs. It's a pretty funny movie. Just, you know, it doesn't really fit. It doesn't really belong. Even though I like Glenn slash Glinda, I wish they would find a way to bring him back but make him scary. Since they're trying to make a scary game for maybe the TV show that's coming out hopefully next year. We've already gotten a teaser for that, which is a very great teaser. Can't wait for that to happen on USA and Sci-Fi. And then I've just been kind of binge-watching The Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. Because I stopped watching that probably late 90s, early 2000s, The Simpsons. I, I like it, i just never gone out of the way to watch it. So a lot of these were new to me. And th- they're pretty good, they're funny shit. I, li- I like it. And like I said, I, I like The Simpsons, I just, I just, ne- it's never been one that sticks with me. And I'm like, I gotta see it, so... But thanks to Disney Plus, and they've actually put them all in one category, so it's it's been easy to go through them. So that that's been cool. And that's it on uh, recent. No, not it on recent watches because I also recently I just yeah last night on my day off I watched um uh oh fuck uh, the Hannibal Lecter series. That's it, Hannibal Lecter. Uh, I watched started out. I went in chronological order, so I started out. With Hannibal Rising, uh, which is trash. That's the first time I've watched it since it came out in theaters in 07, I believe. Yeah, whenever. But yeah, when it first came out there. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, they just, they did, they, it was more of just a very slow burn revenge story. It was supposed to explain to us why he's a, a cannibal and just more of like the backstory of Hannibal. And really, the only explanation that we really get is because uh, his little sister was eaten by the people that he's trying to get revenge on, and he even ate his sister a little bit himself without even knowing it. So, spoiler alert! But yeah, the movie's garbage. Um, but Red Dragon, that's a good one. Even though it's very familiar to Silence of the Lambs, very familiar story, the whole have Hannibal Lecter help you figure it out. But I guess, you know, in the past, this uh, Will Graham character played by Edward Norton uh, did team up with... Hannibal Lecter throughout the, the his career before they realized that Hannibal is who he is, you know, a cannibalistic serial killer. Uh, great acting in that movie. Uh, Ed Norton, always been a great actor, just I don't know what happened to him. From what I understand, he's a douche. I don't know. Don't know the guy. But yeah, Red Dragon. A-OK, Pawn Shop. 
Let's see what's the next one. Oh yeah, of course, Silence of the Lambs. Great movie. Awesome movie. Uh, one of my face masks I have to wear to work every day. I got a Buffalo Bill face mask from Terror Threads. They got a bunch of cool ones on there. Buy two, get one free. So yeah, if you need face masks like we all do these days, I go check that out because they're good quality. They fit my head fine. So yeah, there's a nice little free plug for Terror Threads. That's not even Terror Threads. Fuck me. It's fucking, uh, London 1888. So see, that's why I shouldn't even plug shit on the show, because I'm going to tell you the wrong fucking company. It's London 1888 that does it. They've got some, they've been getting some cool shit in. They kind of disappeared there for a while, I think. But then now they're coming around with some cool shit. So check out London 1888, not Terror Threads. Fuck Terror Threads. (laughs) Maybe. They haven't come out with anything cool, so I'm going to say fuck Terror Threads. All right. And then after that, of course, is Hannibal with Julianne Moore replacing Jodie Foster as Clarice Starlick. Hello, Clarice. Um, Julianne Moore is a wonderful actress, so I ne- I never had an issue with her replacing Jodie Foster because Jodie Foster simply just didn't want to do it. Uh, I think that's a good movie. The ending is fucking classic. The whole scalping of Ray Liotta and having him eat a piece of his own brain and shit. That's fucking great. And then the decision of Hannibal Lecter cutting off his own hand instead of cutting off hers. Spoiler alert, but you should have seen these by now. So yeah, I watched the Hannibal Lecter series. And there's the recent watches. And also, before I get into Halloween Havoc. Dude, they announced a remake for the Disney Channel original movie, Under Wraps. That a lot of us have nostalgic feelings for. Don't see much about. It's not even on the fucking Disney Plus app. At least not at the time of this recording. Which is fucking weird. Got everything else. Don't we have under wraps? From understand, that's the very first uh, Disney Channel original movie too. So that's pretty cool. Thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, they're they're remaking it for Disney Plus. I don't know how I feel about that. Probably not too well. But it is what it is. Okay, now it's time to revisit some WCW. Back in the day, from 1989 to 2000, they had this pay-per-view called Halloween Havoc. Of course, it took place at the end of October every year. Uh, the first one being 1989. Let's kind of take a run-through of that. It was in the Philly Civic Center. Attendance, 7,300. Tagline is settling the score. Uh, the very first match for Halloween Havoc ever it was... Tom Zink, I think they call him Z-Man, if I remember correctly. Uh, and against, and he beat Mike Rotunda, who later on became IRS, a.k.a. the proud papa of one Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. the Fiend, a horror fan favorite, if you will, for people that love both horror and wrestling, like I do. And I love the Fiend, so thank you for that, Mike Rotunda. But, yeah, for the first pay-per-view, I mean, they, there wasn't much Halloween themed. They had, the you know, some, some orange and black ropes. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, it was just kind of uh, your run-of-the-mill wrestling card going down the line. I mean, you had, what, a Samoan SWAT team defeated Midnight Express, Tommy Rich defeated Cuban Assassin, Fabulous Freebirds, we just <laughs> dynamic dudes. <laughs> Goddamn. Alex Luger, Brian Pillman, I mean, the Road Warriors... Which there's a heavy influence in wrestling in general from the Mad Max movie franchise. 
Road Warriors got the name from Road Warrior. The movie, The Road Warrior, for, you know, the Mad Max franchise, the second one. They even got, like, the, their look with the spiked shoulder pads and shit like that. It was inspired by the Mad Max franchise. And then in the main event, we have the Thunderdome match with Bruno San Martino as a special guest referee. Thunderdome, also a Mad Max reference, which is funny because now, in today's current state, since there cannot be any live audiences, wrestling is... WWE specifically is performing underneath their own version of Thunderdome, which is just a bunch of fucking screens. They put the fans out in the crowd. Uh, a bunch of lights and lasers. Pew, pew, pew. I mean, you know. It is what it is. But yeah, the main event for this one was Ric Flair and Sting going against the Great Muta and Terry Funk. Nice 25-minute match, give or take. Uh... Kind of a stupid, shitty ending, from what I remember. But yeah, a very underwhelming kickoff <laughs> to uh, Halloween Havoc. Granted, there's not a lot of uh, greatness, but there's a lot of hilarity as Halloween Havoc progresses. But yeah, that's kind of your overall on Halloween Havoc. Kind of a stinker. Um, but yeah, let's see. Then the next one, Halloween Havoc 1990. Uh, at the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, 8,000 attendants. Terror Rules the Ring was the tagline. Uh, the main event is Sting versus Sid Vicious. Good old Sting, man. He really fucking carried uh, WCW on his back pretty much the whole run. I mean, for real. Even when NWO came out about what really had that fucking whole NWO storyline hyped up? Sting hiding up in the rafters and coming to conclusion at Starcade. But that's a whole nother conversation. We're here to talk Halloween Havoc. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, this one was more fun, like, aesthetically. Uh, because the, everybody was in Halloween costumes, the, the stage, uh, or the entrance way or whatever was heavily decorated in Halloween shit. They had some really goofy shit in this, like the fucking magic show of this the this mystery guy trying to chase down Sting, the Black Scorpion, and he, and he kidnaps a girl and goes into one cage, and Sting very slowly and clumsily chases him down just so they can finish the magic trick of him going from one side of the stage and reappearing in another cage on the other side of the entrance stage. Pretty fucking stupid. But WCW, that was around the time they were getting really fucking weird, trying to compete with WWF at the time in those in those early heydays when WWF was absolutely on top of the wrestling world. Uh, like they even brought in like RoboCop at one point, like legit like RoboCop coming down the fucking aisle and shit. RoboCop, oh RoboCop is broke free, He's come to save the day. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but not a lot fucking did. So, yeah, WCW, man. Uh, they'll forever go down in wrestling history for, you know, as a positive for with NWO and all that shit and damn near defeating WWF. But other than that, WCW's history is not that fucking great. It really isn't. Uh, this one had fucking 12 matches on the card. That's quite a bit. Quite a bit for a wrestling pay-per-view. But then you had like three minute matches here and there, and a five minute match here. Uh, 
Let's see, and like nothing really stands out besides the main event, Sting and Sid Vicious. Uh, Stan Hansen and Lex Luger duked it, but that was only like a 10-minute match. Uh, the best match of the night was probably Doom versus Ric Flair and Arn Anderson to a double countout, so disappointing ending. But overall best match, probably. Either that or the Tommy Rich and Ricky Martin versus Midnight Express match. But you know. I'm not sure if a lot of you are wrestling fans, so this could just be like a who gives a fuck while you're listening. Sorry about that. But yeah, and then but the ending though, it was uh, another janky finish. Don't remember exactly what happened. I just remember going, that is janky. I even wrote down on my notes, janky finish. So yeah, there's a 1990 Halloween Havoc in a nutshell for you. Let's see, now on to 1991. We have Halloween Havoc, an evening of terrifying destruction at the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 8,900, so the attendance keeps growing for WCW. Uh, this main event was Lex Luger versus Ron Simmons for a two out of three falls match for the WCW World Heavyweight title match. Lex Luger defeated Ron Simmons, so who cares? But the highlight or low light, is the infamous Chamber of Horrors match. It is exactly how it sounds. So it's this big square metal cage that surrounds the outside of the ring. And all these competitors in there. And on the side of the cage, there's this big switch to pull the lever down. Uh, at some point, I don't even know what triggers it, but they lower a, an electric chair to the center of the ring. Uh, yeah, that's where this is going. Uh, but it, it featured, uh, on one side, you had El Gigante, Gigante, as I would say in, in American, uh, who was Giant Gonzalez in WWF later on, with that weird singlet, huge singlet that with the painted muscles on it and the weird loincloth. Yeah, look it up, uh, Giant Gonzalez, if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just his ring attire was ridiculous. Uh, the Steiner Brothers, yeah, so Sting, El Gigante, the Steiner Brothers versus Abdullah the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, Cactus Jack, and Big Van Vader. Uh, it was just chaotic. Uh, there's pretty funny moments in it because the switch that's on the wall that's not supposed to be even pulled down until they're ready to electrocute somebody keeps falling over. And you'll see a ref climb on the outside and keep lifting up. They eventually, at one point, somebody goes and gets a piece of tape and put some like scotch tape or like some kind of like something, some kind of tape and and tape it up. <laughs> even at one point, Cactus Jack, aka Mick Foley, even climbs up and puts the lever back up and then goes back down and starts fighting again. Uh, it's it's pretty goofy. It's very over the top. Uh, what happens is Abdullah the Butcher ends up getting put in there and they put the thing on and he gets electrocuted and it's very uh, theatrical. And yeah, and then so they're supposed to, and then they're like these weird like dudes, like zombie looking dudes, and you know the white suits like you'd see it, and like a, a loony Ben and Santa Asylum type of situation. Came out with one of those old school stretchers, which is just cloth with two sticks, and they're gonna carry fat ass Abdullah the Butcher on it, and they're waiting out on the entrance away, and they're gonna bring out Abdullah the Butcher, and all of a sudden he just comes back to life and starts beating the shit at everybody. Very weird, but yeah, this was the first like. <laughs> Very Halloween horror-esque like moment with Halloween Havoc's history. 
uh, besides, you know, all the costumes and the stage and stuff like that. So it's a fun watch. It's not a classic by any means, but it's a, that match is a fun watch. The rest of the pay-per-view itself, um, Steve Austin, yeah, that, with blonde hair. Steve Austin versus Dustin Rhodes, who went on to be Goldust. Uh, they had what would have been a great match, but this is when they had 15-minute uh, time limits and shit, and it went to a 15-minute time limit draw for the WWE World Television Championship. So again, good match, janky ending. It's kind of a theme here, huh? Oh, and they had this wrestler called the Halloween Phantom, who was actually Rick Rude in an all-black, like, leotard and a black mask. And, yeah, he defeated... Who did he defeat? Tom Zink. Oh, yeah, Z-Man, like I was talking about earlier. Tom Zink. And a minute and 27 seconds, according to, to this chart here that I'm reading. So, yeah, so they went uh, very horror-oriented with this one. Not really horror, but just with the theme of Halloween. Uh, it's it's a fun one. It's probably the best one out of that I've listed so far. Uh, I'll I'll say exactly which one my favorite one is, and that's because and it's not because it's a classic, but it's just everything about it was just so ridiculous. But the next one is was in 1992, October 25th, 1992, in Philadelphia again, Philly Civic Center. This time, 7,000 attendance. This one featured Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, which is making its return on NXT, like I previously stated. But yeah, uh, this was Sting versus Jake Snake and Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. Ended up being a coal miner's glove match. Um, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Uh, it caused Jake Snake Roberts, uh, Snake to turn on him and bite him in the face. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Uh, and just not a whole lot. Uh, let's see, what were some of the matches here? Our boy uh, <laughs> Z-Man was in this one too. Uh, let's see. Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes tag team against Steve Williams and Steve Austin this time in a time limit draw. Who cares about that? Ron Simmons, Barbarian. Yeah. Uh, eight matches total in this one. Hmm. This one can be overlooked easily. Again, though, I mean, they still rock it with the decorations, stuff like that. The rest of the Halloween Havocs do have a Halloween theme to them, except for, like, the very last one. Or, like, maybe even the last two. 99 and 2000. Don't really remember, but yeah, the Halloween Havoc, everybody's favorite part about it was the stage, the entrance ramp, the entrance area, whatever you want to call it. It's always everybody's favorite. But yeah, we can go ahead and go and skip that one. That one was a stinker. Oh, but for the second year in a row, we got Spin the Wheel Make the Deal. This time with Big Van Vader versus Cactus Jack in the main event. 6,000 in tens in this one, and tenants is still dropping. This one is at Lakefront Arena in Nolens, Louisiana. The spin the wheel, make the deal. What it is, is there's different stipulated matches on the wheel, and they spin it, and whatever lands on this kind of match that you're going to have. And this time, it, instead of the uh, Coal Miners Glove match, this was a Texas Death match. Much better. Uh, Van Vader and Cactus Jack beat the fuck out of each other in this match. Uh, it was a good, good time. Uh, there was a really good match that ended janky. Imagine that. Rick Rude, who's the world heavyweight champion. Or no, the international world heavyweight champion. That's stupid. Uh, defeated Ric Flair by disqualification. Sting versus Sid Vicious again in a singles match. Nasty Boys with Missy Hyatt, who is legendarily, if that even word, 
is well known as being a hoe bag in the wrestling industry back in the day. So, yeah. And we had another, yet another, for third year in a row, Dustin Rhodes versus Steve Austin in a, in, a, in a way. This one for the United States Championship. And this time we actually had a finish, though. Dusty Rhodes defeated, who would later on become Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? So, yeah. We'll just get through that one because we're getting close to, to my personal favorite here. But not quite. This one's 1994 in Detroit, Michigan in the Joe Louis Arena. 14,000 in tennis this time because now WCW had the big signing with Hulk Hogan. And now we're finally going to get Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. And this time it was in a cage. And not your typical cage. It's kind of... Reminiscent of the Chamber of Horrors, or what we know now as Hell in a Cell, where the cage actually lined up around the, the outside of the ring. Uh. And it was a steel cage retirement match with Mr. T as the special guest referee. So this is WCW pretty much recycling WWF's history and trying to make history repeat itself. And I mean, like I said, attendance-wise it works, stuff like that. When you have Hulk Hogan, it's, I mean, shit happens, I guess. Uh, there's an interesting moment. There were, I've even tried to look into it, and I can't find anything. But this Fanny, no, it's not even that one. It's another one. Never mind. X that one. But let's see. 1994. Not a whole lot of Halloween in this one. Uh, we had good old Johnny B. Bad versus the Honky Tonk Man to a time of a draw. Of all matches to do, I don't know why that one went to a time limit draw, but whatever. I'm not the booker. Jim Duggan defeated Steve Austin. I just like to read because yeah, everybody knows who Steve Austin is, so I like to tell you the results. He didn't have a very good run in WCW back in the day, but yeah, nothing, nothing. Whoa, in this one, uh, Hogan Flair match. It was entertaining. It was an entertaining cage match. Ended in a bunch of chaos. That's right. I was thinking of a different kid. This is a normal cage match. On the ring. Good shit. Um, but yeah. Just chaotic finish to it. Oh, and yeah, there was this whole storyline of a masked man who's been attacking Hogan for months. Turned out to be his friend Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So yeah. Whoa, what a plot twist that was. All right, now on to my favorite. <laughs> Halloween Havoc 1995. Wow, 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 what a shit show this one was. But in a way to where it was a delightful shit show. If that's even a thing. It's a disaster piece. It's so bad it's good. At least in my opinion. Uh, this was in the Det in the Joe Louis Arena again. Thirteen thousand people. There's nowhere to hide. Oh boy. Um, this is where they had the sumo monster truck match. Monster truck sumo match on the roof of another building that was actually taped the night before the actual pay per view, to where they just wheeled two monster trucks and you had a Hulk Hogan monster truck that was all red and yellowed out and had a Hulk Hogan on it versus giant who, as we all know now, as the Big Show, had his own little Dungeon of Doom monster truck. They wheeled them together. This is the first glimpse, though, that we get a uh, more uh, darker side of Hulk Hogan before NWO. So he's dressed in all black. He, he doesn't even have the signature mustache, which is just fucking weird. 
I don't know why they shaved that motherfucker off, but they did. Uh, but this one had 13 fucking matches on its card. That's a, that's a hell of a thing. But yeah, good old uh, monster truck match happened. It was about five minutes long. They had some random explosives. But the best part about it is... Uh, the best part about the sumo truck wrestling match... I can't... I don't even know what to say that. The sumo... Monster sumo truck... Monster truck sumo... Fuck it. Don't care. Alright, but you know what I'm saying. Monster truck sumo wrestling. Boom. Uh, so Giant's pissed because he lost, you know, of course, because nobody defeats Hulk Hogan, but so he gets out of the monster truck and, he, and he's chasing down Hogan and Hogan for some reason runs to the edge of the building and then Giant grabs him by the neck and puts him on the ledge of the building and then Giant goes up on the ledge himself and Hogan smacks his arms around and smacks his arms away. Giant does this dramatic, whoa, 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 little windmill with his arms fall backwards, and falls off the building. And everybody's like, oh my god. Oh, he fell off the building. So many stories high. We don't know if he hit the ground or the water, but either way, he's probably fucking dead. That's not a direct quote, so don't quote me on that. But that's pretty much how it went. And so, yeah. Then they're freaking out during the rest of the matches. So they're distracting us from the other matches by sitting there randomly showing footages of the uh, river or the lake or whatever that was outside of the arena. Uh, trying to figure out if the giant is dead or not. And then main event time comes. Hulk Hogan comes down to the ring. And the giant just walks out. Not a, not a mark on him. He's not wet, so he didn't fall in the river or nothing. Because like I said, this was recorded the night before. And I just walk out like, oh my god, it's a miracle. He fucking made it. And the whole time, Robbie Heenan's freaking out. Because I used to work with that man's father. Because they build him as Andre the Giant's son, even though he's really not. But yeah, so then he comes down and they have this, you know, the best match that they could have had with a rookie giant and Hulk Hogan who's not really known for his uh, in-ring ability. He's more of just been a character. That's what his legend is, at least in my opinion. So they have their subpar match. And the giant wins by disqualification. <sighs> because, you know, interference and whatnot. But the, the classic moment of this entire pay-per-view... Of this shit show of a pay-per-view. The debut of the Yeti. Or the Yeti, as Shivani says, as the Yeti comes out. The Yeti is coming out. Huge dude. Even taller than Giant. So he's seven seven plus feet. Easily. Uh, wrapped up in what looks like dirty ass toilet paper. Like there's brown streaks and everything. And does this weird, like, zombie mummy walk to the fucking ring. Goes in, and Giant has Hogan in a bear hug. And the Yeti comes up behind Hogan, and, and bear hugs around them too. And just starts humping the fucking shit out of him. Straight up dry humping the shit out of him. And, yeah. And you could tell that he just didn't have a clue whoever they hired this dude to be the Yeti. And it's, it's so fucking goofy. There's so many like different stories and stuff like that on YouTube that people have created about this pay-per-view specifically for like even the Yeti storyline and the sumo match with the monster trucks. Uh, overall, I mean, this is just a very uh, whoa-what-the-fuck kind of pay-per-view that I'd recommend you watching uh, for any wrestling fan that is listening to this. So yeah, my personal favorite, Halloween Havoc 95. 
Now we go on to 96. We get Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Now he's in NWO and he's going against the Macho Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's there to remember about this one? I'm, I'm, my memory's fading here. Let's see. Skull and Kevin Nash win. Because this is the very beginning of the NWO takeover. And Skull and Kevin Nash win the tag titles. Hogan defeats Savage in a decent match. Um, what, what did I write down about this atrocity? What was what year is it? Ninety six. Oh yeah, this is when they started going to Las Vegas MGM attendance ten thousand people, and they were in the Las Vegas MGM every year for the ne- for the rest of them. So yeah, the rest of them are all uh, MGM Grand in Vegas. So there you have that. With the attendance slowly dropping each year, of course. Oh, they they had the Slim Jim ring posts. That I hated that so much. I mean, they they oversaturated the advertisement of Slim Jim Macho Man. Even had a Macho truck come out that was decorated that looked like Macho Man with Slim Jim logo all over it. The Slim Jim logo was slapped all over their ring apron. The Halloween Havoc man on the logo is holding a Slim Jim sign. I mean, holy fuck! Talk about an endorsement deal. Oh, and yeah, and Hogan had hair in this one. It's the fucking damnedest thing. Because it turns out he was just, he filmed the th- a Three Ninjas movie. Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, I believe is what it was called. And they put fucking hair plugs on top of his head. So he had like a flat top, like a military style flat top. And he, and he still had it on for the wrestling match. I, I'm guessing they told him to leave it on. Just so they, it can be ripped off at some point during the match, just to kind of add effect. Which is cool. I mean, it makes for a funny moment for the crowd to go nuts into it. So, you know, I don't hate it. It was just a fucking weird moment, Hogan coming out and the, all that hair on his head. I mean, Hogan's been bald since before any of us were born. And I'm sticking with that. I don't even know how old you are that's listening right now. He's been bald since before you were born. I need to take a breather on this one. Okay. Oh, shit. So now on to the next year. Uh, we have the, pa- the, the... Okay, this was the cage match that I was talking about where the cage goes outside of the ring. Uh, it was uh, Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan in this one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this snap into the madness is the tagline for this motherfucker. 12,000 plus at the MGM Grand... Uh, Piper defeated Hogan because it was a non-title match because they did the whole storyline of Piper just wanted to get his hands on Hogan. But the one... Okay, this is what I was going to bring up earlier. There's this moment where apparently there's this fan interference where he climbs over the cage and climbs down into it. And he's got like Sting face makeup on. So I don't know if the production crew was confused or not because they're at this time they were having a bunch of fake stings like come down the ring and surround it and just kind of stand there and be ominous. But then all of a sudden this fan, without any long hair or anything, just face painted but in street clothes, climbs over the top of the cage and climbs down. And the camera focuses on it. Usually when there's an incident like this where a fan comes in, the camera will go away. They don't want to give them any kind of spotlight or whatever that they're yearning for. They just want to beat their ass and take them to jail. This one they focused on the fan, and then you see one of the fake stings break character and gets up and tackles him down, and then all of a sudden 
Hogan throws like a fake punch and the dude reacts to it, but then they start really kicking the shit out of him. And then like actual security comes in and they pull him and drag him down. So it's very confusing. I couldn't tell if it was fake or real or what. But it was a fucking weird ass thing. But they did have an amazing cruiserweight match in this, in this pay-per-view. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, it was only a 13-minute match. Title versus mask. But that match, hell yeah. But then we lead up next to that. After that is Steve McMichael and Alex Wright. Oh my god, botch fest. Uh, Steve Michael, Steve McMichael. Excuse me, Mongo. He is a botch fest himself. Just go look at some of his highlights. Oh my god. Dude cannot wrestle for shit. They just had the whole. They loved the whole story of him being an ex NFL player. He played for the Chicago Bears, the '85 Bears. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then the other good match was Randy Savage and DDP in the Las Vegas Sudden Death match. That was good too. Overall, this pay per view was a solid pay per view when it comes to wrestling quality and shit like that. Again, over oversaturated with the Slim Jim advertisement. But, and then, yeah, we had the very interesting Piper Hogan cage match, which was a, you know, fun, entertaining match itself. And then that weird shit that I just told you about with the fans. So, yeah. I don't know. And that's probably the last time WCW was good for Halloween Havoc. If I do say so, let me refresh myself on 1998. Oh, God, yeah. Yep, downfall. Halloween Havoc, 98. The night when good battles evil. The return of the ultimate fucking warrior. The ultimate warrior. They try to recapture that whole feud. Hogan, warrior, going against each other. And they only can only call him warrior because Vince McMahon owns ultimate warrior. So they just call him warrior. Which he actually ended up legally changing his name to warrior. From Jim Helwig to just warrior. Weird fucking dude. May he rest in peace, but goddamn, weird fucking dude. Yeah. Yeah. But god damn it. Like, their match at WrestleMania 6, the best that they could probably ever put on these two with their two, with their talents or lack thereof. Um, Yeah, they they had the best match they possibly could have had at WrestleMania 6. And the worst match they possibly could have had happened here in Halloween Havoc 98. Oh, man. I mean, there's just... The timing is off. The botching is insane. Uh, Hogan tries to do this thing with the f- classic flash paper where uh, you light it and it, ma- and it makes a big quick fireball and he's going to throw it into his face and ends up throwing it in his own face and just some of his mustache and shit off. Uh, it, it, it was just a shit show. Shit, shit, shit show. Shit show, shit show. Oh, and then this they were also doing the gimmick with Scott Hall having an alcohol problem and him being drunk and this Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash duking each other out and is falling apart along with WCW pretty much. Uh, you had the brother versus brother, Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner, they're just breaking up everything. Do-do-do-do-do. But yeah, and then this another infamous moment besides the god-awful Hogan Warrior match was they had a actually a decent main event that was probably one of Goldberg's longest matches he's ever fucking had at like 10 minutes and some change. It was Goldberg versus Diamond Dallas Page, but this was during the day where pay-per-view, when it had a scheduled runtime, it could not run over. The pay-per-view network, whatever pay-per-view company or whatever that it went through, cut it off at the top of that hour, off that third hour. No more pay-per-view. 
And they overran time to where at the very beginning of this match between DDP and Goldberg, pay-per-view just shuts down. Just shuts off completely. Everybody didn't get to see this good main event that happened besides the people in the arena. Till the next night on Nitro, they aired the match. But it pissed off a lot of people that paid harder money to get this pay-per-view to have the match be shown the next night for people that were interested in the Goldberg-DDP match. But this is Goldberg, you know, big heyday as champ. This is the only thing that was keeping WCW's head above water at this time. But got cut off. So they'll show the match next week. Uh, just a uh, poor, poor organization of signs to come for WCW. And yeah, this was the start of the downfall, at least in my opinion. Well, at least by going by Halloween Havoc pay-per-view standards. And as we've stated many times before, the standards have not been very high for this pay-per-view. All right. What year was that? Oh, so nine, we're down to the final two. And then I'm done with the wrestling, all right? And then I'll get back to some movies and shit for the next episode. I haven't even decided what the next episode is yet, so maybe I'll decide before then. I don't know. Stay tuned. But yeah, Halloween Havoc 99. So pretty much... WCW is nowhere near even competing with WWF anymore. Uh, Stone Cold Mania is fucking running wild. No, no, really, don't mean to steal another gimmick there, but yeah. Uh, the tagline for this one was, Our Air Animals Come Out to Play. Oh, boy. Okay. What was the matches on this one? Oh, yeah. That's right. This is when uh, Vince Russo decided to just start doing his a uh, quote shoot uh, scenarios to try to put some realism into wrestling. Uh, it's supposed to be Sting versus Hulk Hogan for a championship match. NWO is dead. Okay, there's no more NWO. It's done. Uh, Sting versus Hogan for the championship. Sting is the champion. Sting. Well, they keep playing Hogan's song over and over. Hogan never comes out, never comes out, never comes out. Sting comes out, and they play Hogan's match again. Then he finally comes out in street clothes, uh, and then just goes in the ring, lays down for Sting, and then walks out. And the whole storyline was supposed to be, you know, Hogan doesn't job for Sting. He didn't want to lose to Sting and do this whole reality shit. And it just didn't play out. Vince Russo, this is just has his name written all over it because this is what he was known to do during the final days of WCW, and it was just so fucking stupid. Uh, you can go look it up. So then they end up having an impromptu main event match with Goldberg defeating Sting for another confusing moment. They thought it was for the World Heavyweight title. The commentators kept saying it's not for the title. When Goldberg defeated Sting, he, they announced him as the new champ, gave him the belt, and it was, uh, it was a clusterfuck. Nothing really hype on this one. Same with the final one. The final Halloween Havoc for WCW, at least. Halloween Havoc 2000. The future of professional wrestling is here and now, is the tagline. It's at the MGM Grand with only 7,000 people in attendance for this one. Uh, we had Booker T versus Scott Steiner. Oh, man, this is bad. Yeah, okay, Booker T defeated Scott Steiner to keep the world heavyweight title. This one, Booker T was champ. Uh, the main event ended up being Goldberg versus Chronic. Yeah, that team, remember that team? Brian Adams and Brian Clark in a handicap elimination match. This ended up being a squash match for Goldberg. Trying to just get some 
reaction for Goldberg again, trying to get some life back into this. They had a first blood DNA match for Buff Bagwell and David Flair. I don't remember exactly what that storyline was, but I think it has something to do with uh, David Flair and Ric Flair and possibly not being his dad, maybe. I don't fucking know. We had the Filthy Animals with a maskless Rey Mysterio. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, for some reason, was the king of WCW. He beat Sting. Shit show. Ended on a bad note, but hopefully it gets revived, like I said, on the 28th of October this month on USA Network, NXT, Halloween Havoc, Shotzi Blackheart is the host. Spin the wheel, make the deal, makes the return. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully you liked this episode. It's the first time I did a wrestling-based episode. Um, I'm a big wrestling fan. If you're a wrestling fan, let me know. We can discuss that shit. We can even do an episode together maybe if you wanted to. I don't know. Maybe this could be the last uh, wrestling episode. I don't know if you guys enjoyed it or not. So just let me know. Tried something different. Tried something new. This is what you got. Halloween Havoc Revisited. I've been your host, Andrew Fay. This has been the Fay All Day Podcast. As for the next episode, I don't know. This is kind of probably going to be the last episode for October. The rest of the month has just been planned out. It's been busy. So have a happy Halloween. Enjoy all the spookiness. I hope COVID did not kill your plans. If, if anything, it just dampered it. So have a good, safe, fun Halloween. I'll see y'all in November. Check y'all later. Late!